Greetings in Christ Jesus, and welcome once again to the Twin Steeples podcast. I'm your host today, Pastor Neil Radical. Twin Steeples is a production of Emmanuel Evangelical Lutheran Church in Mankato, Minnesota, whose main goals are to share God's saving word and communicate the ongoing activity in Christ's kingdom at Emmanuel. Our devotion for today is based on Paul's letter to the Romans, chapter 7, verses 7 through 8. In this chapter, we see Paul's wrestling with the sinful nature and the new man that he has in Christ Jesus. He's encouraging the Roman Christians to do the same. That is a good wrestle, or as he writes to Timothy, fight the good fight of faith. How do we relate this to our day-to-day life? Well, let's read through this section. In verses 7 8 of Romans 7, Paul writes, What shall we say then? Is the law sin? Certainly not. On the contrary, I would not have known sin except through the law. For I would not have known covetousness unless the law had said, you shall not covet. But sin, taking opportunity by the commandment, produced in me all manner of evil desire. For apart from the law, sin was dead. Maybe that's happened to you before, but if you're driving down the road and you don't know what the speed limit is, you get pulled over and make that excuse, I didn't know what the speed limit was, what is the police officer going to say to you? Are you innocent of driving 15 miles miles an hour over? If it's a 30 or if it's a 60, no, of course you you broke the law, regardless if you knew what it was or not. When the law has been clearly posted, there's very little excuse we can make other than we missed it, or we didn't know, or we chose to disobe- disobey it. That's ultimately what Paul's writing here in Romans 7. He's reminding the Christians there that as Christians, we know what the law is. We've learned about it from God's holy word. And so we don't say that the law is sinful. The law doesn't make us sin. But, on the contrary, he says, we know what sin is through the law. In other words, we know we've broken it. We know that if we're going 45 in a 30 mile an hour zone or in a school zone, if the police officer says we went 45, then we're guilty of breaking that law. That's why Paul mentions in verse 8, But sin, taking opportunity by the commandment, produced in me all manner of evil desire. For apart from the law, sin was dead. How can sin, taking the opportunity by the commandment, produce in me all manner of evil desire? What Paul's trying to remind us here is that we become aware of our sin when we see what the law says. Much like driving down the road, if we see the speed limit posted at 30 and we choose to disobey it, we are guilty of breaking that commandment. Even if we don't see it, we're still guilty. But the law teaches us what sin is. Apart from the law, sin was dead. If we had no knowledge of the law, if we had no knowledge of what was right or wrong, then we could say, we can do whatever we want. Yet, God in his loving wisdom and mercy, for our protection, just like a speed limit sign, has given us his law to tell us not to do this and not to do that. Paul specifically addresses coveting, and he makes that point that the ninth and 10th commandment says, you shall not covet. There's no question about it. There's no debate. The Lord continues to remind us that when we are not when we are coveting, when we are sinfully desiring something that's not ours, we have broken his law. To not be content with the things he's blessed us with, we are guilty of breaking God's law. And what do we deserve because of that penalty? Because of that sin? Do we deserve punishment? Do we deserve that traffic ticket when we go over the speed limit? Absolutely we do. We know the wrath of God is against all those who would do wickedly who break his commandments. He reminds us also in Romans, whoever has broken one is guilty of all. 
And so ultimately we see our wretched state. We deserve to be locked up. We deserve to go to jail because of all the ways we've disobeyed all of God's commandments. Whether it be in our actions, whether it be deliberate or not deliberate, whether we make every excuse in the book, we have all fallen under God's righteous verdict of guilty. There are none who are righteous, no, not one. Romans 3 says so clearly. And so what does Paul's point here? There's really no good news. He says there's no excuse. What shall we say then? Is the law sin? Is it the 30 mile an hour speed limit the reason why we sinned? Or was it our going over that speed limit, the sin? The law teaches us what right and wrong is. And that's why we need a savior. As guilty parties, we need mercy from our judge. And that is the only way we're going to be set free. Ultimately, that's what our Lord says in Romans 3. For the wages of sin is death in Romans 6, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Or as in Romans 3 says, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, but being justified freely by his grace, we have been given this gift of eternal life. The last part of this chapter is fantastic as Paul continues to wrestle with the good that he wishes to do, that's what he does not do. The things that he doesn't want to do, that's what he practices. And then Paul goes on to say, who shall deliver me from this body of death, from this body of sin, this corruption? And he thanks the Lord Jesus, who suffered that debt of sin for us, that God-forsakenness. He took on all of our blame, all of our guilt, And he took it on the cross to pardon us, to set us free from the curse of the law, to give us the joy of eternal life, the joy of our heavenly kingdom with Jesus, our Savior. It is the blood of Christ that has washed us and paid the debt of our sin, paid all the price for our failures. And what a faithful Savior we have that continues to remind us of this love, this mercy and grace in view of our transgressions in view of our debt of sin. What mercy the Lord has shown us. What lavish of grace and love our Father has laid upon us to be able to call us children of God, even though we've dishonored his holy name. As we conclude looking at the commandments series here today in our doctrine, we can rejoice that the Lord continues to show us mercy and continues to show us the compassion we did not deserve. May we pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your faithful and steadfast love that you've always shown to us. Help us to rejoice as we see the weight of your law, which condemns us, and the glory of you taking that weight on your shoulders on the cross that gives us the comfort of your good news of salvation. Bless us in this joy. Bless us in this confidence in your love and mercy every day. In your name we pray. Amen. As far as weekly update and reminders go for October 13th, this Wednesday, we are looking forward to resuming our Wednesday evening online Bible class at 7 p.m. So look for that link this afternoon. We'll be continuing with the Gospel of Mark, chapter 6, Lord willing. And so I'll be sending out that info later on today. Weekend Sunday School Bible class continues Saturday night at 7 p.m. and Sunday morning at 9 a.m. We've been just going through in Bible class why membership matters. In a day and age when many Christian congregations don't seem to care so much about membership anymore, why is it important for our faith? Why is it important for our congregation? Why is it important for the truth of God's saving word when it comes to his word and sacraments? Join us, if you can, this weekend for our Bible class. 
On October 22nd from 11 to 4 p.m. in the gym, we'll be having a blood drive. There is a high need for blood donations, and so if you can make it, please do join us. We'll also benefit the senior class, so two reasons to come. Help those in need and help the senior class as well. Also, heads up, this coming weekend, Sanctuary Carpet Prep. Next weekend, we are getting new carpet in the sanctuary. Hope you can come check it out. The next two weekends, we'll be having the worship services in the MPF Gymnasium because of the carpet being done. But this Thursday, tomorrow night at 7.30, we're going to start with that pew removal process. So please bring a 7.16th wrench if you have one to loosen up those pews, and we're going to try to get them moved. Uh, start moving them. Start loosening them up and getting them ready to be moved. Uh, Saturday at 10, we're going to try to remove and get all that done in the sanctuary as well. So a little bit Thursday night and more of the move will be Saturday morning at 10 a.m. Uh, lastly, we need volunteers Monday night at 6 p.m. to move pews to the other side, hopefully with a large group coming in an hour before voters meeting. Uh, we can finish that. So 6 p.m. Monday. So please keep an eye on that. Also, worship services, as I mentioned, again, will be held at normal times, but again, October 16th and 17th and 23rd and 24th weekends to help uh, bookend the carpeting project. Also, if you're interested in donating more Sanctuary Improvement Fund offerings, please don't do that. We've exceeded what is needed for updating the carpet and the pews, so no further donations are required at this time for that fund. Thank you all for those, and praise the Lord for the blessings and the outpouring of gifts um, at this time. Also coming up, our Fall Reformation slash Mission Festival is going to be held the last weekend of October, October 30th to 31st, during normal service times. There will not be a meal following this event this year. We look forward to celebrating how the truth of God's word went out 500 years ago and pray for the Lord to continue to bless our sharing it today as well. Also that Sunday of October 31st, there will be a joint Reformation service in Berea, Invergrove Heights. So if you can make that, I believe that time is at 3 or 4 o'clock. There will be posters and more announcements that you look forward to as well. I'm pretty sure it's 4, but I don't have that number in front of me. So look for announcements for that. Also for our prayer list today, we keep in our prayers Bruce Newbert, who is on hospice at Pathstone. He is still in comfort, is comfortable and in good spirits. We pray for that. Also, I was recently told that Waldo Bergman was hospitalized recently. More details to come on that. And we continue to pray for Adelaide Nauman. We hope that she's able to go home to mom and dad, hopefully soon in the next few weeks. This brings us to the doctrine of the day. Last week, we talked about the Ninth Commandment in regards to coveting. And this week, the Tenth Commandment, we are looking at coveting when it comes to living things. The Ninth Commandment focused on non-living things, such as our home or our inheritance or the things of our neighbors that we might simply desire to get a hold of, but we'd rather want to do everything that we can to keep what is his. Today, we are dividing that coveting as we look at Exodus 20. In the Tenth Commandment of coveting, uh, not covering our neighbor's wife or his workers or his animals or anything that is our neighbor's. There is an interesting differentiation between which commandments get divided. There are some Christian groups that they divide the first commandment into two parts when it comes to idolatry and not putting the Lord first. And generally, uh, conservative Lutherans divide the ninth and tenth commandment. There's really no right or wrong way to do that. It's just more of a tradition thing. We do know there's ten commandments. It just dep depends on if we divide the first two, the first commandment or the last commandment in two parts. As we look at the Tenth Commandment, Luther's explanation, what does this mean about not coveting our neighbor's living things? He writes, We should fear and love God that we do not sinfully desire to use tricks 
or force or do anything that might cause our neighbor to lose his wife, workers, or animals, but we would urge them to stay and do their duty. When it comes to coveting our neighbor's wife, maybe the first thing that comes to mind would be Joseph and Potiphar's wife. Now, Joseph wasn't married at the time, but Potiphar's wife certainly coveted, certainly lusted after Joseph. And so, ultimately, we can see how one commandment, one breaking of one commandment, can certainly lead to the breaking of another commandment, can lead into lust, breaking of sixth commandment. We mentioned before that Jesus says, if we have broken one, we are guilty of them all. Just like if we say if someone speeds and breaks the speed limit, they are guilty of breaking the law. So they have become a lawbreaker. And ultimately, it's the same is true with God's word. If we break God's commandments, we are a lawbreaker. We are sinful. We have transgressed God's law. And so ultimately, we deserve punishment for that. And thankfully, as we talked about our devotion, Jesus has paid the price for our redemption. He's bought us back from our sin. So when we look at the difference between the ninth and the tenth commandments, the ninth commandment, God forbids coveting our neighbor's non-living things. The tenth commandment speaks of living things like people and animals. Now we might say, it's not a big deal to covet our neighbor's dog or, or cat or goldfish, but ultimately, again, it gives us that idea of what is the attitude of our heart. If we want something that's not ours, and we maybe uh, decide to try to find a way to get it, even if we go to the point of breaking the seventh commandment stealing, coveting is that sinful desire. And so really, the ninth and tenth commandment speak about the attitude of one's heart, the discontentment. I want that thing. I need that thing. I want that employee. I need that employer. And certainly there's cases where we'd switch jobs, but it's that sinful desire to not be happy or content with what we have. It's that sinful desire that is upset with God for our lot, our hand that he's given to us in our life, the blessings that he's poured upon us, that sinful desire to have what we don't have because we're not satisfied with what we do have. God wants us to have holy desires. And that's why David says in Psalm 51, Create me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. David had coveted Bathsheba, Uriah's wife, and that led to adultery. That adultery led to cover-up and more and more sin. And so, like I had mentioned with the devotion, one sin can very quickly lead to another. One sin can remind us that we fall from one sin to the next in lying and deceiving and coveting. It begins in the heart. And that's why we need the Lord to continuously transform our heart, to restore to us the joy and contentment that we have in Him being our Savior, and to also protect that which is not ours. Paul writes in Philippians 2.4, Let each of you look not only out for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. I want to learn how I can protect my neighbor's wife or employees or pets or animals. I want to learn how I can protect what they value, their land, their possessions, and rejoice in what God has blessed them with. May the Lord continue to send us the Holy Spirit as we know we want to put off that formal conduct, that old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts, and be renewed in the spirit of our mind that you put on the new man which was created according to God in righteousness and true holiness. That's what Paul wrote to the Ephesians in chapter 4. That's what we heard about Paul personally wrestling with in Romans 7. And that's what we rejoice in again today to hear this precious truth of God's word as we rejoice always in him blessing us through his word and truth. 
I'd like to close by reading a couple verses from, three verses from hymn 287. This is an interesting hymn in the Red Hymnal that speaks about the Ten Commandments. And so if you want a hymn poet in poetry form that reminds us of God's righteous law, look no further than hymn 287. We'll be looking at verses 1, 10, and 12 today in connection with the Ninth and Tenth Commandment. That a man godly life might live, God did these Ten Commandments give. By his true servant Moses, high upon the Mount Sinai, have mercy, Lord. Thy neighbor's house desire thou not, his wife, nor aught that he hath got, but wish that his such good may be, as thy heart doth wish for thee. Lord, have mercy. Help us, Lord Jesus Christ, for we, a mediator, have in thee. Our worst cannot salvation gain, they merit but endless pain. Have mercy, Lord. Amen. Thank you for joining us again today on the Twin Steeples Podcast. If you're looking for more information about Emmanuel, please check us out at emmanuelmankato.org. Until next time, may God bless and keep you. May you always remember, Emmanuel, God is with you.